Welcome to In This Case, a podcast from Hilti that goes behind the scenes at one of the most iconic brands in the world of construction. We'll talk to the people who make it all happen and ask them who, how, what if, and of course, why. Here's your host, Ali Hernandez. When you hear the word robot, it might conjure images of Star Wars's C-3PO. But robotic technology is appearing in many forms with a range of applications. From the at-home Roomba to robotic tractors, the implications of this technology are already being realized across industries, including construction. This season, we have been discussing the technologies that are disrupting the construction industry. And today, we will explore how robots are being used to improve building and the construction industry at large. But first, what is a robot? Here's Jeremy Searock, co-founder of Advanced Construction Robotics and roboticist himself, describing what he thinks when he hears the word robot. The word robot is, is an overused term. And the way I like to define it for our purposes, right, is that a robot sees things and acts. You see what's happening in the world, and that's done through some sensors, right? It can be cameras, it can be laser scanners, it can be sonar, it can be any sort of sensor that receives information about the environment. That's just a bunch of numbers. Those numbers get sent to a computer and it thinks about them. Fundamentally, it's a bunch of math, right? You just do a bunch of math on a bunch of numbers which come from the sensors, and that creates a decision that you're looking for. So what is the decision, right? It can be move left, it can be move right, it can be drilled. I mean, there's many decisions that can be made, and those then get sent to the act portion, and the act portion is your interface with the world. Jeremy has been fascinated with robotics for more than 20 years. He started his journey as an undergraduate at the Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, where he studied systems engineering now known as robotics and controls. After graduating, he continued his education at Carnegie Mellon, which at the time was the only university in the world to offer a robotics degree. It was during this time that Jeremy saw not only how much fun building and playing with robots could be, but also the impact it could have on the world. So in, in graduate school at Carnegie Mellon, I was funded under a, a defense department contract, which was focused on doing research around humans and robots could work together in adversarial environments. So I worked with a Segway-based robots, which were multi-hundred pounds and, and sort of the size of, of people. And we played a modified game of soccer and ultimate Frisbee, where the robot was operating fully autonomously. And I was on a Segway scooter as the human uh, we did that because that allowed the human and the robot to have the exact same physical capabilities, right? And you really were just testing the the coordination between the robot and the human and, and scoring goals. So it was very fun to uh, experience the first ever time a robot scored on a human. You develop these capabilities step by step and they build on top of each other both from a hardware perspective and a software perspective. And so it's just very rewarding to the engineer as you systematically and thoughtfully bring their capabilities up from an idea through small capabilities to bigger capabilities to a full out system to a commercial product that other people find useful. Jeremy was eager to bring robotic systems to the real world. But it wasn't until after meeting Stephen Muck that he realized the potential robots could have in the construction industry. 
Stephen had a long career in the construction space and told Jeremy about the challenges the industry faced, including stagnant productivity, delayed timelines, and labor shortages. Jeremy and Stephen decided to start Advanced Construction Robotics to build robots specifically for construction applications. Our first product is called TieBot, which is a autonomous rebar tying robot, which ties together the thousands to millions to multi-millions of intersections, which intersections are, you know, when you place reinforced concrete, you have the rebar and they create these intersections. And they, in, in some instances, all of them have to be tied together before concrete is poured in, into the deck. Currently, that is done manually with people bending over all day, every day. So, you know, the impetus of choosing rebar tying as the first activity that we were going to tackle was sent around two things. One, an anecdotal story of my partner was bidding a large project in a rural part of Pennsylvania. He knew at that time he'd have to hire 20 more people to just do this rebar tying activity. And he thought robots might be possible. Secondly, is you know, we're always interested in, in building robots around activities that have a lot of people and it's many, many man hours and it's mundane or activities that truly workers would rather not do. Robots are very good at things and, and people and workers are very good at things. And it's about finding the right balance between the two in order to achieve higher productivities, higher safety better schedule flexibility, and just increased consistency on, on, on getting the job done. Our next product is IronBot, which is a rebar lifting, carrying, and placing robot that will autonomously carry bundles of rebar and place them according to plan on the job site, of which then TieBot will come right behind it and tie it. So between the two robots, TieBot and IronBot, we are doing the, you know, the majority of the heavy lifting involved in reinforced concrete installation for, for any market. Great robotic innovations like the TieBot, soon-to-be IronBot, and Hilti's JBot, a semi-autonomous overhead drilling robot, are gaining traction with contractors who are experiencing the benefits of robots through field testing. But soon, contractors can refer to university-backed research to understand the quantifiable value of robots before they invest. Stanford University graduate students have spent the past couple of years researching and studying the use of robots in the construction industry. Their first report featuring their findings on the use of 10 different robots is set to be published later this year, and they're already in the process of researching 10 new robots. Um, my name is Cynthia Broske. I'm a PhD candidate at SciFi, which is a lab in civil and environmental engineering at Stanford. You might recognize Saifi from our BIM episode, where we talked to Dr. Martin Fisher about his experience in studying and now teaching at Stanford's Saifi Lab. My research focus has been on applications of robotics to construction, so looking at both the evaluation of existing robots and also how to design better robots for construction. I came to Stanford for my master's in sustainable design and construction, and my goal was to focus on virtual design and construction. I felt really passionate about uh, bringing more digitalization to construction. So initially, I started with a mini research assignment in a DPR project that was using a lot of these VDC tools. And that was really, really exciting for me. I'm very new. 
And then my second project through the masters uh, was to collaborate with a Norwegian general contractor, and they actually deployed the first version of the of Hilti's Jadebot. Um, and by the time this was in 2017, I honestly never heard of a robot being deployed on a construction site. Um, and it was really, really exciting to me uh, to be able to document some of the benefits of these robots on a particular project in Norway. And this project that took us like around a year was showing really, really good results in terms of the both the safety and schedule impacts of robots. And that led me together with my advisor to think, wow, then like if this robot performs so well and it's still at a pretty early stage, then why aren't we seeing more robots being deployed in construction? This experience inspired Cynthia to switch her focus from virtual design to robotics. With the help of her advisors, she developed a new course on construction robotics for civil engineering students that pairs one student with one robotics company and a construction company to closely study the impact of a variety of robots performing a variety of applications. We have focused a lot of the bulk of our work in how can we help construction managers um, and support them in evaluating existing robot applications. And in that, we can see how we can extend the database of existing robots, maintain that database of how they are performing, and also keep bringing more cases as new robots become available. But then we also realize we need to get better and understanding which scenarios we want to automate on-site versus as well off-site as more and more like automation off-site also comes into construction. And then for the cases in which we do have a robot on-site with an operator, how can we design safer, more collaborative robots, uh, especially leveraging the expertise that the human operator has and the experience on the particular task that is really key. And then finally, we need to really understand what is really a design for robotic construction. So similar to design for manufacturing and assembly, where it's really well understood when you're designing what kind of machine you're going to use to produce a certain part. And also what is the impact on the cost or duration to produce it? We don't have that kind of feasibility yet with robots for construction. Cynthia's foundational research on robotics and construction is providing the industry a blueprint for choosing the right robot for the right application. And where Cynthia's research leaves off, innovation groups within construction firms pick up. DPR Construction, one of the country's largest general contractors, and as Cynthia mentioned earlier, a research partner for SIFI's virtual design and robotics courses, is creating the business infrastructure to scale the implementation of robots within construction. So my name is Henning Rodell. Um, I'm currently the robotics lead uh, at DPR Construction. I've been in, been at the company for three years now. Um, prior to that, I was at Alice Technologies uh, on the sort of customer-facing side of things. And then prior to that, I was at Stanford University um, wrapping up a PhD on extraterrestrial construction materials. In case you didn't catch that, Henning studied how to build in space. Now, we don't want to get too far off track, but let's hear a little more about Henning's background before we move on to robotics at DPR. Like many folks um, these days, I was inspired by Elon Musk. It was like 2009 or 2010, and he had made this bold claim that he was going to retire on Mars. 
And I figured, you know, someone's going to have to build his condo, right? So why couldn't that be me? Uh, so that that led me down a path of just figuring out and, and learning about extraterrestrial construction, state of the art, what people have been doing in the past. And that led to an opportunity to work on um, a project at NASA Ames where we were combining sort of the fields of civil engineering and synthetic biology. And so the idea was to identify a candidate protein that could act as a cement binder for the lunar and Martian regolith. Now there's an experiment on the International Space Station um, that's looking at the strength of the material as it hardens in a lower gravity environment. Okay, that's cool. But how are Henning and DPR using robots to help construction professionals here on Earth? My job is to identify new robotic systems. So I spend a lot of time meeting with founders, talking with investors, trying to figure out what's the latest and greatest. I also talk with large tool manufacturers because they're investing in this as well. And then I, I pilot technologies. We, we run simple tests to de-risk the, the technology risk. And then when we get to the point of scaling, that's really where the role takes over. And, and I spend a lot of my time building up teams, finding experts in their field who can operate these systems from start to finish, who can then train other people to use these systems. And what I love about robotics is that it brings together so many various diverse skill sets that have not really looked at our industry and that are now being applied. So, you know, for the robotics engineering design itself, we're talking about mechanical engineers, we're talking about computer scientists, electrical engineers. And then there's a whole host of jobs for operations, training, sales and, and marketing and all that stuff. But then there's the operators as well, right? Our craftsmen, they can learn these new systems and continue to work and be productive. At the same time, you know, these most of these robots are controlled with like a PlayStation or an Xbox controller. So uh, younger generations who have been you know growing up playing video games, I think they'll become very comfortable operating these machines and just fit right into the workforce. It's hard to predict these things, but I do see robotics as something that the industry needs to uh, adopt. You know, I'm betting my career on it. Henning isn't the only one betting on robotics as having a relevant place in the industry. Companies like Advanced Construction Robotics and Hilti are working with labs like SciFi to better understand how robots can be integrated into the entire building workflow. Because as Hilti's Aiden McGuire, who helped bring JBot to market, makes clear, robots are most effective when used not in isolation, but as part of the entire project, which is how Hilti's JBot is best utilized. JBot is 100% enabled by this rise in digital planning, digital coordination, right? Because JBot takes the information that it uses to drill, it takes it from the uh, digital coordination or the, the BIM model for a project. Yes, a single trade can take whatever their planning is and send JBot out to drill, which is great. You get the health and safety benefits, right? You reduce the amount of drilling that your workers have to do in the project. You reduce the health and safety risk that they're, that they're experiencing. But you don't see the project benefits, critical path savings that you see when you use JBot more holistically for the total application. The process for coordinating a build involves the project team along with multiple trades. It's complex. And while the use of digital models and lean practices have improved the planning process, utilizing robots in the project requires teams to think differently about how they coordinate work. They don't just need to consider what work needs to get done by what trade, but what tools will be used to do that work. 
normally all your subcontractors come together in this coordination phase and all your you know MEP subs along with your CM will sit down and they'll figure out where all their runs and everything are going to go you know digitally and then they'll go out ideally they'll go out and uh, do that on the job um, but they all send their own crews out to do that right so you introduce this opportunity for error as four or five six different teams all go out there to lay out what's been you know already coordinated um, and it can introduce a lot of problems like conflicts right whereas you look at applying jbot to that you can take this coordinated model and in one single step jbot can complete that task right but that requires changing how you plan to build a building changing how you've allocated that work to the different sub trades changing how you've put your schedule together, right, for time on slab and who gets on the slab first. All those sort of things have to change when you want to use a robot to the, its maximum potential. Robots are available for use on job sites today. We mentioned three in this episode alone. But the adoption of robots as a multidisciplinary tool is not as widespread as single application robots. However, as research is published and companies like DPR invest in the people and processes to scale robotics, it seems likely construction professionals will start to embrace and think differently about how robots fit into their building practices. But that doesn't happen if that project manager doesn't know about the technology, you know, doesn't know that there may be another solution out there, then it, that never happens, right? Those, those dots are never, are never connected. So the work that Stanford do in just showcasing right, all of these different you know, new robots, new applications, new ways of working, that awareness is incredibly important because you get that, that moment where wow, I heard of that a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and now I have this need. And then you have this wonderful example of the technology working well, and then everyone else in the project sees it, and they all go on to different projects, and then that repeats itself and repeats itself, and it almost like spreads yeah. you know, throughout a region or throughout a company. And then you start to see you know, more and more wide-scale adoption. But that doesn't happen if that initial connection is never made between I have this problem, maybe the solution is out there, let me be willing to try it. You never get the start of that you know, of that, uh, of that spread when it comes to technology adoption. The robots are coming, but not as C-3PO or soccer players. These smart machines are being designed for construction-specific applications on and off job sites. As Cynthia's data suggests, they are addressing the long-standing challenges of productivity, labor shortages, and safety concerns ever present in construction. Investments are being made at every level to enable the development and adoption of robotics in construction. And all of these pieces combined offer opportunities for individuals in engineering, computer science, architecture, and construction to explore how they can contribute to the rise of robots in the industry. I think robotics as a topic sometimes seems really daunting, but I come from a construction architecture background. I didn't know anything about robotics. and. Um, if I was able to like learn so much in the last five years, I think ev everyone can. Um, so, and and we found like people from the robotics fields are so so open to collaborating with people in construction. So, I think it's exciting the kind of opportunities. So perhaps one thing is to not feel discouraged if it seems like technically challenging. There's always ways to learn, and I think the uh, companies that are in the market today are very open to this multidisciplinary collaboration. So it's a field where I feel, yeah, there's always room for more people. So yeah, hopefully it's encouraging for others to, to look deeper into robotics. In the next episode, we'll talk to ergonomics, health and safety, and building experts 
to discuss how human augmentation is being used to increase safety and productivity on the job site and beyond. That's next time on In This Case.